Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sip With Me. I'm your host, Iwana Kekados. And I'm your host, Aaron Carlson. We'll release an episode for you every Monday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, which means you can listen to us during your commute, after work workout, or even enjoy a drink with us during your very own Monday night happy hour. And who doesn't like to have a little fun on a Monday night? Don't forget to download all of our recipes on sipwithme.org. And be sure to check out our mystery bartender, whip up all of our favorite drink recipes on our TikTok at sipwithme underscore. Hey guys, and welcome to the fourth official episode of season three. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Alyssa Dunn, to share her favorite drink. Alyssa, take it away. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa Dunn. I go by E. I've been in the restaurant industry for about eight years now. I started after I left my corporate job and went and worked at a restaurant and I just loved it so much I never left. My favorite cocktail is a last word but made with mezcal and fresh jalapeno. To make, you just muddle some fresh jalapeno slices and then add all equal parts, three quarter ounce of Mezcal, Lanzardo, green chartreuse, and lime juice. Shake and double strain up in a coupe glass. It's just the perfect combination of herbal, smoky, sweet, and sour. You can find me on Instagram at the.badass.bartender. Thanks so much, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of season three. This episode, we are diving into call centers. And I know, Erin, you sent me this story. Um, It's super reminiscent of an MLM um, and kind of the MLM world. So I'll have you kind of intro the story and kind of what happened. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, So this story is one that I absolutely love. It has all of the makings of like a hot, juicy business scam. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, our theme this season is true crime, which a lot of people equate with murder um, as per last week's episode. Um, but we also kind of wanted to still like weave in some MLM corrupt business practice type topics. And, you know, when I heard this story originally on NPR's Planet Money podcast, I just knew that we had to cover it in some form um, because I only saw that it was shared through a couple platforms and I knew, you know, there is an audience that mm-hmm. should hear the story and be able to share it. Um, And so what we're focusing on is not just the idea of call centers, right? Right. Call centers in themselves are not an inherently bad thing or wrong or corrupt. Um, But what we are focusing on today is a call center scam. Um, And it's really one that it's just very slimy um, in the sense that it's, We are all, I guarantee it, we are all interacting with this company at some point, probably throughout every year of our lives, um, and we just don't know it. So let me take you through a hypothetical. So let's say, you know, we're not in COVID, everything's happy, the economy's churning, you know, we're planning a trip to Disney for Christmas. Yay! Mm -hmm. We're so happy. (laughs) We're going to see Mickey. All the excitement. I love Um, it. 
And you need to call up your friends at Disney because you need to make a dining reservation. So, sure, you might call and maybe you might talk to somebody, you know, that is working down in Orlando. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you even talk to somebody at one of the restaurants. No, you don't know. Um, But there is an even better chance that you're talking to somebody that is off-site. And not only are they Mm off-site, they don't have any type of formal or legal business relationship or tie to the Disney Corporation. Um, And that really... Yeah, that's really what kind of like... That's when I was like, well, how how do you do that? Yeah. Um, And that is when I learned about today's company, Arise Virtual Solutions. So Arise Virtual Solutions... For those of you that listen to season two, the best way I could put it is Arise is basically a giant MLM. Yep. Um, it's an MLM that is scamming corporate America, which in turn is scamming and screwing all of us um, and all of the workers that work for the company. Um, so what they do in as basic terms as I can put it, Arise Virtual Solutions essentially will partner with corporations and they will partner with people. So they will go to a corporation and they will make their pitch and they will say, hey, you know, you have all of this demand for customer service support and for call volume and for um you know, all these inquiries that you're getting and you are paying, you know, top dollar minimum wage or Mm -hmm. maybe even more. You're, you're, you're paying higher wages than you would if let's say you outsourced these, you know, these jobs to, you know, India or China, which a lot of these companies already do. They also do that on top of using a rise, but you know, instead of doing that, so you're paying that, you are paying benefits, you're paying health insurance, you're paying for time off, yep. um, you're paying, you're leasing office space, all these different things. All of these are costs for you, you know, Disney, uh, Comcast, Apple, Amazon, like, why don't you work with us? And we will, you know, hammer away a majority of those costs for you. Mm-hmm. And so for these corporations that are extremely motivated by um, profit margins and by cutting costs and by efficiency, they are all for it. They're like, gung-ho, yes, okay, we are signed up. You know, we have already signed on the dotted line. You know, let's, let's do this thing. So then Arise then does their magic. So... They essentially pitch themselves as a, an opportunity to work from home for these very well-respected, well-known corporations. Um, and in the NPR piece specifically, um, they interviewed a wonderful woman um, who mm-hmm. was interested in working from home because she had kids. Um, she needed flexibility with her schedule. Um, she wanted to, uh, kind of, you know, dictate some of the own terms, you know, kind of be her own boss. 
start her own business, be an entrepreneur. Um, and also she loved the idea of working for Disney, you know, something like Disney. If you are a customer service rep, you are, you're, you're not really dealing with a lot of conflict. Yep. You're not dealing with a lot of, you know, people that are calling to yell at you. You're, yeah. You are helping. It's a happy at Yeah. You're adding value to them building their experience or maybe working through some hiccups that they've had during their trip. Um, and for her and for many others, the idea of that, of getting to work for Disney, but getting to do it from home, that sounds pretty amazing. I will say. Like if I could work. Oh, sorry. Go, go, go. go, go oh, I was just going to no, add. Go. I think it's interesting that she actually saw that um, on Good Morning America. So this, right, like you, when you yes. think of MLMs, you think of kind of this under undercover, like secretive community of where they just get you on social but this was on a news network that people tune into to actually like find valuable information and hear their news and like I wouldn't expect it typically to come from GMA Um, I'm not blaming GMA I just think it's interesting that they even weave their way onto such a big national show um, to get a hold of all these potential people so anyways sorry (laughs) yes well and here's the scary thing about that is they don't have to manipulate and weave their right. way into these opportunities because a company like this, just like all a lot of the MLMs that we talked about, people don't have the time, resources, energy, knowledge, context, you know, the whole toolbox to like really be critical and to actually figure out how the business works right. and how it isn't a work from home, flexible schedule, great pay, great benefits, be your own boss type of deal that it is. That if it is too good to be true, it's too good to be true. (laughs) But like, you know, a show like Good Morning America or, you know, publications that they're featured in, they, I don't want to say that they don't do due diligence, but they don't need to do that part of the piece because for them, they are sharing it's a piece, I agree. you know, it's, it's a piece for them. And if they have this big company that's reputable and is partnered with all of right. the, you know, fortune 500 and has all of these employees and hasn't been uncovered right. yet, you know, hasn't been dealt any serious blows to get a piece like that out is easy because it's a great story. Right. It's also like, and it sells. And- how bad could it be? Right. Like if, if, Amazon yes. is using it. Disney is using it. All these big companies. Like, how bad could it be? That's yes. what I think. And it's funny that you bring up Good Morning America because even further than that, Arise got into arguably what is the greatest platform or pitching opportunity that you could ever possibly have in the entire world. And that is that they got a direct call out by uh, President Barack Obama in 2009 at a job summit at the White House. And I actually have a clip of it, and I'll play it for you right now. To unlock that, and that's going to require an interface between what we're doing on the recovery side and what we're doing on financial regulation and our banking policies. Uh, Angie Sheldon, uh, Selden, who runs a company called uh, Arise Virtual Solutions, explained where, where... Where are you, Angie? There you are. She explained how she's creating thousands of call and sales jobs, bringing jobs back 
to the United States that have gone overseas in the last several years. And she had uh, some very specific ideas about how we could foster more of this reverse job migration, uh, which we're going to take a look at, uh, which brings us to uh, the. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. So, yeah. Um, for starters, he does butcher the name, yeah. which is fine. It's Obama. He it's okay. Pass completely. <laughs> um, but wow. But, you know, and that is that is a similar pitch to, you know, what a show like Good right. Morning America pitched in 2006. You have this, it's a great, again, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. And it, on its foundation, it works. You know, yes, they are for years, even decades, a job like this, a call center rep, customer service rep, has been outsourced uh, out of the country. And that is a bad thing for jobs in the country. That is a bad thing for competition. Um, All those jobs have slowly been eliminated, basically, um, and are being done elsewhere for basically no cost. That's great for these corporations that basically don't have an expense item for this now, um, but it's bad for the American people. Um, and so it, it makes sense why it would get a call out like this because it was doing that. It was saying, you know, we don't need to outsource anymore. Like we can do this here and we can have this model where corporations will sign on yeah. and they will stop temporarily at least, sending these jobs abroad and they will keep them here and they will use our people to, to make it happen. Now, here's where things start to get bad if you actually dig down into how the company works. So really, you can think of Arise as a, a linkage. Mm-hmm. Essentially... They're the third link between a bunch of different parties. So you have corporate America and you have Arise and then you have all of the customer service agents. The customer service agents that work for Arise are essentially classified and formed as independent businesses. So, you know, Arise, they market and say that this is an entrepreneurial an entrepreneurial opportunity and when they say that they kind of mean it in a literal form because they really are making you an independent business but that means you are not only are you independent of the corporation you're working for because arise is a link between you and your independent business you're not a you're not an employee of Disney. You are not an Amazonian. You're not working for Apple. Not only that, crazy. you are also linked out of Arise. So you are not even <laughs> right. an employee of Arise Virtual Solutions. You are your own employee slash your own right. boss slash whatever weird it's another like, form you want to call it. Yes, it's literally. I'm looking at a chart right now. Um, and you might see it in the Google yeah. Doc, like of how many layers there yep. are between the corporation and you. Um, and so that's big warning sign number one. 
Okay, so it is structured just like there's an a flowchart or a pyramid now, scheme. Run, <laughs> <laughs> run, and let me tell you something. Maybe we'll have to post mm-hmm. this flowchart because this flowchart is like a laugh. It is up and down and very funny in four D. Yeah, um, it it's very confusing. Um, but what else do we know is a sign of an MLM? Well, you have to pay to play, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, we do. You have to pay to get in. And you have to pay your way basically throughout your whole time there. You have to pay to be a member. Um, and so the here's warning sign number two. So when you sign up, you have to take a virtual class. Um, and then you have to take a test. And you have to pass that test. Um, I don't remember how much the class and the test were. Um, but I want to say it was... Do you I remember? Have it down somewhere, I think. So it's three hundred dollars for the training and background check. Yes. So it's yeah. a big expense, especially for a yeah. lot of people, especially for somebody like the uh, woman who was featured in the story, who has kids and you know is doing this because she needs spare yeah. income. She doesn't have that nope. money to lay out, and if she does, it's likely going to be like she's cutting yeah. somewhere else. So you have to pay for that. If you don't pass the test, you lose everything. You have to start over. Um, (laughs) Which she she did, did, I think, in in NPR's piece. I think she failed the test the first time. Oh, yes. She met and had a group. Yeah. Yeah. Her and a bunch of other women, like, formed a group because they realized that they were all getting screwed and that they needed to pass the test. So they all like took the test and then helped each other with the test. I, this is like, so like me in high school. I, was, college. Rem- I rem- didn't cheat. Reminds me of our but... PT days. We also did not cheat, but we studied together. Oh so. my gosh. Yes. So if you don't know, okay, well not no. anymore. You want to know are not currently. <laughs> no, I want to make that clear. Personal trainers. Zumba, we are not licensed and we are not. Teaching. We are not. We, I am not a member nope. of Zen and I will of Zumba not and I am not currently a personal <laughs> yes. trainer. But at one point <laughs> yeah, in history, Iwan and I were both Zumba instructors okay. and group fitness instructors, and we f- culminated our four years of college by becoming <laughs> personal trainers. And if you don't know, the personal trainer exam is expensive, and the testing materials are extremely expensive, and it's, it's a really hard, yeah. detail-oriented right. test. Um, and the industry professionals and everyone around us said you needed to study. Are we six exposing out our, ourselves study... here? No, I don't think no. we go that far. But it, it, in order, most people have either that... a degree in exercise science or study through a yes. program with a teacher. And I did go through a program, a very um, short and brief program through Loyola. Um, and yeah, oh, yeah I, did. I will well, say, I, I don't think it, I think the instructor was great and I, I still love her, but I think as someone who didn't have a background in exercise science, it wasn't that valuable to me. Um, but uh, you need extensive knowledge on uh, how the body works and um, just all these things that we really didn't have as both non-exercise science majors. That's all I'll say to that, but continue. <laughs> Yeah. So 
I mean, essentially, we kind of, <laughs> we, we didn't do what they did. No. But we, Yuan and I formed the a The two of us, yeah. And we, the two of us, and we studied. We didn't, we did not study the recommended no. six months <laughs> well, of we time. Did not. Because I think there was like a price There was, we were going to lose it. And we had to rush. <laughs> and we figured it didn't matter so, because we had been teaching group fitness for four years. And, and we, yes, yeah, we had knowledge. Yeah. We knew context. how to safely. We just didn't have all of this very, very, very specific knowledge that usually comes with a college Correct. degree yes. of this yeah. field. But I will end it there. We did become yeah. certified personal trainers. And I will say, we did we pass. We were great trainers. Like you went on to train. Yeah, I, I went I, out to work yeah. at Equinox. We both ended yeah, up training so for we, years. We, you yeah. know, regardless of the tests, I think uh, we we had we knew how to properly and safely train someone, uh, which came from our experience in group fitness as well. So it, yeah, yes. that's all I'll say. <laughs> yes, very well said. So okay, so anyways, back to the story. <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, it's very triggering. Um, so. Yeah, so that's warning yeah. side number two of this shady business structure is that you have to pay to get in. And then once you get in, you have to pay oh. um, for all yep. of your equipment. And so, you know, if you don't have a computer, if you don't have headset, if you don't have the software you need, you right. know, Microsoft Office, all that stuff, you have to buy that yourself. Uh, you're not getting any of that covered by Arise or your corporate employer or sponsor whatever you want to call it and then once you're in there um you have to pay monthly platform fees so essentially you have to pay a rise uh to essentially use the (laughs) arise system (laughs) to be an employee um and then you have to pay uh, training fees. So again, you have to keep your like licenses and your certifications mm-hmm. valid and ongoing. Uh, and there's also a monthly service fee that you slash your independent business are can, also paying. Can I ask a arise. question? I don't know if this yes. is a stupid question and I, I don't want to get an email. There's no <laughs> stupid you. question. You always make me question actually valid and are uh, are good questions but thank you they are um but i like i also don't want to get attacked by a certain company that i have been attacked by before um in fitness um i'm not going to name names i received an email so i'm just going to vaguely say um would you count companies that require you to pay monthly fees to maintain and basically would that be considered? Wow. An, would, I'm going to say it. Is Zumba an MLM? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm connecting the dots. Oh my god, that was the <laughs> shot heard around the world. Like that's what Lester Holt yeah. is putting on the <laughs> nightly news. You guys, if I'm not here next episode. Hour. You know why? <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> um, there wasn't. There was an Amazon van parked outside my house before we started filming, and I thought they're going to come for me, and this is my end. Now the world. And now you might want to check. There might be a van outside Maybe your Beto house. Maybe Beto is outside logo. my house. <laughs> oh my god, Beto is outside your house doing but the Beto stuff. But even you know, outside of um, Zumba, I mean, like, is Ace 
is is um, NASM uh, an MLM? I mean, I know you know technically not because right, you need your license, but like, you are paying fees at least for Zumba and other uh, fitness um, classes uh, for monthly fees to maintain a license. Um, and there is no yeah. equipment, but that is technically everything you need. So I don't know. Is that considered an MLM? I mean, uh, my gut wants to yeah. say no, because you, you're paying, you are right. paying for something, you know, <laughs> you're not paying for nothing. You're paying Songs. for the certificate. Yeah. You're paying for the right. certification. First off, you're paying, you're essentially, you're paying, you're paying a True. licensing yeah. fee yeah. is what you're paying. Uh, you're paying to be able to use their name, their logo, their right. music, their choreography, all that stuff. And then you're also paying to get that music and right. to get the choreo. And, you know, then you also could argue you're paying to get the mm-hmm. network effects of the online community and, True. you know, specialized trainings and knowledge. So you could argue that point of view, but you could yeah. also argue, which is, you know, once you get four or five, six years into it, right. which is where we got, once you go... You know, I've been doing this for so long and I still have to pay a monthly yeah. fee to be able to legally do this. But I feel kind of weird that I'm doing that because if I stop paying them, right. I can't do it. So you start to feel how yeah, cost it. You really do. But really the difference here. <laughs> Sorry. The difference here, I think, is that we have to look at it from more of like objective, yeah. like legal business mindset and say, yeah, like they own right. the rights to Zumba. And if we want to use everything that encompasses, like, yeah, we should pay them for that. Right. Um, I think you're completely right. But that's not, that's a different, that's a different argument from whether or not we agree because we both right. know that yeah. we don't agree. I just think it's, um, it's, it might not be an MLM, but um, it definitely is reminiscent. And it's not just that company yes. oh, because sure. there are so many other fitness companies where it's the same thing, right? You have to pay a monthly fee to be, um, to be able to teach that specific class. Now, I don't, I think what I said before, I will retract yes. my, my statement and say maybe for ACE and NASM, uh, it's different because, right, you're training, you're not really I mean, you aren't really paying a licensing or a fee mu- annually. You're you're just checking on your uh, continuing education credits and making sure that's good. And if you work for Equinox, the, right, they cover that. So you don't really pay anything after that. But I will say for those companies, um, I can see how it's borderline um, MLM. But I also understand the business perspective legally, right? You don't want all these people saying they're employees under you and you're not – Right. There's you have no um, no contract. You have no license. Nothing. It it doesn't look good for the company either. So, yeah. Anyways, I was just trying to play. It just came to me and I blurted it out. So so I'm sorry (laughs) to the company. Again, we love you. It's very triggering. Yes, we love Zumba. Don't send us any threatening emails like have been done in the past. (laughs) (laughs) okay so moving back to arise once again um so that's that is the structure that's their business model um and unfortunately what people don't know when they come into it thinking that it's 
you know, a work from home, flexible entrepreneurial opportunity to work for a well-known company. Um, this is what yeah. you're actually signing up for. And this is the loop of fees and uh, legal ropes that you are, mm-hmm. you're signing up for. Um, and so essentially like this company has been growing and growing and growing really kind of stayed under the radar. Again, it's gotten some like social clout from some of these call outs. Um, again, anytime you work with this many like fortune 500 companies, um, you do a little bit of PR, a little bit of name dropping. That's all you need. Um, the American consumer, um, most of us don't have time to look into everything because if we did, we would realize that everything in like capitalism is like crazy messed up and corrupt and wrong and totally backwards to what is fair and how things should be. Um, uh, But so now we are at this point where um, ProPublica, which Mm -hmm. is a nonprofit newsroom, um, that really focuses on investigating corruption and abuses of power. Um, they published this piece. They did this investigation. They partnered with NPR um, to get the podcast out. Um, now we're at this point where there is some attention being shed on the company. Um, and similar to what has happened with some past MLMs, you, my prediction at least is that you are going to see a slow Mm -hmm. unraveling that will be the efforts and the success of former arise representatives. Um, You are not going to see major legal successes um, and you're not going to see laws changed. Um, We have seen that time and time again, that um, the federal government, especially um, is on the side of big business and is on the side of business structures like this. Um, There's a lot of lobbying that gets done and a lot of laws that get hidden in Mm -hmm. and passed in bills that protect this kind of behavior and allow for the gray area that we always mention yes. to continue to be in, in yes, in, in, mm-hmm. in its existence. Um, and so I think you're going to see people speaking up. You're going to see more press on it. You're going to see uh, true critiques and that could ultimately lead to either one an unraveling and an undoing of a rise. Um, or it could lead to enough public pressure and an enough loss of, revenue and representation that they have to actually make some changes um, for the better that route. I yeah. don't see that happening either. Cause that's typically not nope. the way things go. That's a little bit idealistic. Um, but there is going to be more pressure on this company now that it has visibility for the years to come. Um, something else important to note when we're talking about where it's going to move to the future is that uh, in the contract that you sign when you sign up to be yep. an independent business for a rise is you basically sign away, you don't sign away your life, but you pretty much sign away your right to sue yep. and you more importantly sign away your right to um, be involved in a class action lawsuit. Um, 
which is really important because essentially they are predicting their own future by saying, we know that one day people are going to realize what we are doing and they're all going to start to come together. They're going to connect the dots. They're going to grow into a group. They're going to Mm -hmm. arise up, get it? And they are going to demand changes. Um, and essentially everybody has signed away which that is right awful. to do that. Third, which is completely awful, totally wrong. Um, the last thing is that you also in your contract, uh, basically say that if you do sue them in the future, that you cannot take them to court and that you are only allowed to go into arbitration. Crazy. Um, which if you don't know um, what that means and what the difference is, um, going into arbitration instead of going into court is basically saying you have no shot because what's going to happen. Oh my God, my dog's barking. She's She's so mad about a rise. She's really just, she's feeling it. She's like, I love ProPublica. I love it. Um, Essentially, you're saying um, mm-hmm. you're going to go in with a rise and you're going to represent yourself and there's going to be an arbitrator in the middle and you're going to work to the arbitrator to basically yeah. settle. You know, maybe you settle for $1,000, your legal case is dissolved and everybody moves on mm-hmm. and the business keeps operating. Um, and so that's kind of why... They've, they've built up layers. Yeah. They've built up this seven-layer cake of ways to stop you from being able to fight against them. It's scary. Um, and so... It's, um, yeah. it's scary. I think, you know, I didn't really know about this until you kind of sent this over. And I think a lot of our listeners probably don't either. Um, I'm interested to see, though, the, the more that companies like this kind of start to um, pop up for us, right, not pop-up because it's been around, but, like, we're starting to become more aware of it. Will we become more aware of other companies like this? Um, just an interesting thought. I mean, if there is just – if there's one out there that, like – again, this is – when I first heard this, like, yeah. podcast, like, it just randomly played, and I was listening, I was like, this is literally, like mm-hmm. – business mixed with crime mixed yeah. with MLM. It was perfect. And I couldn't help but think there has to be yeah. so many of these companies, maybe not as big, maybe True. in different industries, maybe serving as a different middleman. Um, but there has to be so many out there. Uh, and it's just, it's just painful that it exists and that so many corporations that a lot of Americans respect and think they know um, based off of their branding and what we're told that like, it's just kind of, it's another blow to the, you know, idea that, Oh, maybe we can trust corporate America to make good decisions and to put workers first and to want to be, you know, responsible stewards of the country. Um, And so I'm hopeful that something will change and that, again, the visibility that is coming to the case will 
hopefully shed a light on some of the like BS claims that they make and that some companies will maybe even drop them and you know bring people back in house during covid though um yeah ugh, i can only imagine how huge yeah. their numbers are um with people losing jobs being stuck at home and still wanting to work uh, this is the exact type of thing that that's made for mm-hmm and I mean, just like, oh, my God, it's like it's it really I, I feel kind of nauseous thinking about how many people have gone into a rise over the last nine months. Um, and I think with that too, that bubble that is formed now, um, it'll be interesting once COVID ends to see, you know, is there any more big movement on that front? This is Sip With Me News. I'm Aaron Carlson. And I'm Ioana Kekados. Here are the things you need to know from this week's headlines. President-elect Joe Biden is expected to name several members of his cabinet next week, which could include positions like Treasury Secretary, Attorney General, and Secretary of State. Biden has not commented on specific positions and did not state when asking about filling the cabinet with progressive Democrats that the cabinet will look like Americans in terms of makeup and qualifications. More than 1 million Americans are boarding planes despite warnings from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to avoid traveling for the Thanksgiving holiday. Last week, the CDC cautioned against celebrating the upcoming holiday with people outside of the household, stating that the safest way to celebrate Thanksgiving is to celebrate at home with the people you live with. However, the recent spike in positive cases has led several cities and states to now mandate new COVID-19 restrictions ahead of the holiday season as hospital intensive care units begin to fill capacity. Looking to the skies, SpaceX and NASA this week launched four astronauts into space who will join three others at the International Space Station for an extended stay of six months. This is the first time they've had a full house for this type of stay. Victor Glover Jr., who launched this week, will be the first black astronaut to stay full-time on the space station. There was also a fifth member on the launch vehicle, Baby Yoda, or at least a plush version of the character, who also took the journey to space with the American astronauts. Microplastics have been found at the highest point on Earth as the glaciers around Mount Everest death zone continue to melt. Microplastics are one of the most harmful side effects of humans using the planet, and they're increasingly being found in hard-to-reach places. The problem with microplastics is that they're not biodegradable. It takes thousands of years before they break down on their own. Within that period, there's a risk of being ingested and incorporated into the bodies and tissues of living organisms. For humans, the accumulation of microplastic particles can lead to a buildup of chemicals linked to harmful health effects, including various cancers, a weakened immune system, reproductive problems, and more. Researchers hope that their work will help clarify the extent to which plastic pollution jeopardizes all environments, not just the ocean. And those are your headlines for the week. Be sure to tune in next week for the news you need to know now. Thanks for listening to Sip With Me with Ioana and Erin. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, sipwithme.org. There you can find our recently released cocktail book as well as other exciting Sip With Me content. And if you love our podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at sipwithme underscore. 
Join us next week when we discuss true crime's true origin, written work, and we'll speak with author of over two dozen true crime books, Diane Fanning.